My name is Dr. Austin Tay, and you are listening to Psych Chat. Welcome to episode 6 of Psych Chat. In this episode, I interviewed Dr. Simon Mouse, founding partner of My Writing Coach, where he shared with us why it is important to learn the art of written communication in the workplace. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have any comments or suggestions, please send them to psychchat at omnicide.com or tweet to site underscore chat. This podcast is brought to you by Omnicide Consulting. Welcome to this episode of Site Chat. We are very delighted today to have Dr. Simon Mouse, founding partner of My Writing Coach. He will be here to talk to us about why is written communication important in the workplace. Welcome, Simon. Thanks, Austin. Really good to be here. Thanks. Well, perhaps maybe you could start a little bit with uh, introducing yourself mm. to our listeners. Mm. Well, um, a, a lot of people ask me why I got into this field of writing in the workplace. Um, A lot of people think it's a very dry subject that uh, they they find it hard to imagine how anybody could be really interested in this. But um, I I found that I I was drawn to it because I I felt that I could recognise quite easily um, the, the problems that people were having and the consequences of those problems, not just in the workplace, but to the, to the well-being of people in the workplace. So um, I look at it as a much broader subject than just how to in- express an idea in writing. Um, I look at it much more as um, a, 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 a critical thinking skill, um, how to think strategically, how to cause action, how to influence people, how to develop relationships with people in the workplace. So looking at it that way, I, I was much more um, in, much more invigorated. You know, I felt that I could actually contribute something. So I developed, I started a, a, a business um, back in 2006. Um, it's called My Writing Coach. Um, I feel now that almost as if I should change the name because, as I said, it's it's about much more than just how to express ideas. Um, but I started the business. Uh, it's a corporate training business, and I go into companies and I work with groups of ten or fifteen people, and we take them through a, a program which blends work- workshops with with coaching. Uh, I'll talk more about that later. But but I find that the impact we have on companies goes way beyond what the companies might expect from a program like this, and, and it's so rewarding for, for me and for for the people that take part. 
Sure. I mean, as we were saying, you, you're based here in, in Hong mm. Kong and you started this business in 2006. Mm. Uh, I know looking at your website, you, you do have um, uh, kind of courses and, and you do actually mm. do this mm. uh, beyond Hong Kong itself. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. One question I want to ask is, mm. you know, do you see a great difference in terms of you know, the different nationalities mm. who are going through this, this yeah. course with you? That's a, that's a great question. And um, yeah, of course, I, I do see very different issues with different groups. Um, in Asia, I'm sure most people listening to this will be aware that um, there are certain cultural behaviours which prevent people from writing strategically, that is, writing to cause action, to influence people directly. So, you know, one of the issues is the 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 hierarchy that we see in companies and the reluctance of individuals to to communicate directly to somebody who's senior than they are. So we have to work quite hard with those people to look at the fundamental principles behind why they feel that way. And we have to give them tools to help them overcome some of the um, limitations that they have imposed upon themselves or that the culture has imposed upon them. So we have to encourage them to recognise what it is they're trying to achieve in a written piece, uh, who it is they're writing to. Um, we have to expose to them what the principle is, and that is that readers can't absorb lots of detail unless they first know what to do with it. Um, and then once they've absorbed that principle, they're much more likely to overcome this cultural limitation, which prevents them from getting to the point very quickly. So that's just one example. Another example is, is that in this part of the world, people um, follow convention. And the convention has been to write in a very formal style, a very impersonal and indirect style. So, again, we, we, we guide them towards discovering the principles behind why we can change that, uh, why we should change it. And once they recognise the principle, they're much more likely to feel empowered or to be given permission to change so that they're writing in a much more natural, um, much more natural, personal way. Um, of course, if they do that, they're going to get better relationships with the reader, even their senior and they're much more likely to achieve what they want to achieve in writing. But if we look at, even within Asia, there are, there are big differences in the way that people communicate and, yes. and the way that they write. So, for example, in Japan and Korea, people are very uh, reluctant to be direct. That is to get to the point quickly. Um, it's a high-context culture. They're used to communicating a lot of contextual detail. Um, in speaking, that's fine because a lot of it is understood between people from the same culture. Um, but in writing, they feel they need to, to actually include all of that context. And it means that the readers are often very frustrated by the overload. Um, in India, we see that um, the conventions of writing are very strong. So in India, they 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 like to use a very elaborate writing style, um, which which appears very strange to people from other cultures. So we have to work with them to convince them that they would save so much time, their own time, their manager's time, their reader's time, if they were to just simplify 
the way that they write. And if they if they are to overcome their instinct to um, write in a sophisticated way, which they feel builds their professional profile, their status. Mm. Um, so we have a lot of challenges in places like that in changing people's mindset so that they become comfortable with writing simply and directly. just mentioned those countries mm. um english not their first language right. um how about times where you have to actually uh help someone who is you know educated uh, yeah. in 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 western country where mm. english is actually part mm. of your first language yeah yeah we have um <clears throat> and this surprises a lot of people but uh, we have um a quite a high proportion of native speakers um coming to us for help Um, sometimes they've been nudged towards us for help by by their managers. Um, so often with the native speakers, we do have to deal with a little bit of resistance. But um, native speakers have a lot to gain because even though they might have the language proficiency, that is the language resources, mm -hmm. um, they need a lot of help in how to use those resources effectively to achieve things at work. Uh, I'm sure we've all experienced a, a native speaker manager who writes, you know, uh, massive emails that just go on and on and on. No structure. Um, the key point is buried deep down. We're left wondering what we're supposed to do with it all. Um, they need a lot of help. So uh, this uh, what what we do is 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 not language training as such. It's it's the writing competency, the writing skill that we're trying to develop. Right. I'm mean, hearing what you said. I I remember when I first started kind of writing properly, professionally uh, for uh, uh, articles and and, and mm. also uh, for thesis. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I, I kind of reflect and and I look at is uh, Sir Ernest Gower. You know, mm. everybody knows that mm. he he's very yeah. proper the way he's written. Um, yeah. Maybe mm. archaic to to a certain yeah, yeah. extent. Yeah. Uh, do you think his style of writing mm. is still applicable in mm. in, in, in today's mm. world or? Yeah, see, um, he he was a visionary uh, of his time, mm -hmm. so that's why I think that his um, his writing has has had the the the, sh the shelf life that it has. Um, but even his vision is coming to to an end now. O on the first hand, on the first point, he prescribes how we should write. He he gives us words, phrases mm. that we can build into our writing. Our approach is is not so prescriptive. I think these days it's more descriptive. So we look at how people are actually using the language, mm. and we're helping people fit into best practice. So you could group together even Webster. You know, even the people that wrote these 
prescriptive dictionaries and 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 Roger's the thesaurus. They've been good tools, but um, that prescriptive approach is dying out um, in favor of the the more descriptive approach. Mm. Um, the online tools that you can use to research how people are actually using the language. Sure. I mean, you mentioned about descriptive and also from what you were saying, sometimes people too, do tend to write too much. Yeah. Going through the course with you, mm. you they will be able to learn how to mm. edit. Uh, mm. One thing that came to my mind is, you know, is it's all well and good to be able to learn how to edit, but you must have a kind of uh, ability to choose the right words yes. to describe oh, certain yes, things. Yeah. And I think that also mm. comes to the fact that whether the person reads extensively yeah. or has, has a kind of a bag full mm. of, of mm. good adjectives mm. to describe mm. certain mm. things. Mm. Uh, and, and being succinct is, is kind of very important, especially yeah. in, in the workplace. In the workplace, especially. Um, how do you encourage people mm. to, to, to perhaps mm. adopt mm. descriptive words or fine mm. words mm. To, to write? Okay, so... When I ask people on our programs, or when I ask their managers and their learning and development team, what they worry about most in their writing, um, they will say grammar and they will say vocabulary. Mm. We teach people how to use simple writing. That is how to communicate complex ideas simply. So we promote what we do as a solution, as a shortcut to overcoming their concerns and their problems with grammar and vocabulary. So the shortcut to overcoming problems with grammar is not to learn more grammar. Yeah. Most people who come onto our programs have got enough, mm. even if they think they don't. And the solution to overcoming people's concerns that they don't know enough words is to tell them to stop looking for more words. Usually you have enough words to express an idea. So a lot, a large part of our program is to change people's mindset so that they are less concerned about these things and so that they become comfortable with using simple, familiar gr grammar and vocabulary. Mm. I mean, you, you mentioned also there's a lot of apps in the market at the moment that yeah. people could refer to. Mm. Um, can they not just use that rather mm. than coming to a course like mm. what you're offering? They, they can use those things if they bear in mind that most of them are designed to help them with their language proficiency. That is how good they are at English. Few of them are designed to help them improve their writing. So they can help if they are used with caution. Um, and they can help in a um, retrospective way. So after you've written something, you can get some feedback on how you might improve the syntax of one sentence, for example. But our approach is to um, take it from the other direction, and that is to help them discover the principles which um, underpin why we should communicate in the way that we do. So I mentioned one earlier. The principle is that readers can't absorb fine details if they first don't know what to do with it. Mm. Okay, so that principle, once they've thoroughly absorbed that, and it makes absolute sense, but once they've thoroughly absorbed that, they will never begin an email or a report with lots of background detail. In fact, beginning with a background section is the worst thing that you can do. They will begin with the action point for the reader. 
It could be a request, a recommendation, a suggestion, a proposal. It could be the intention of, uh, they could be expressing only their intention. But they will begin with that strategic part. Then they will predict what question their reader is likely to ask about that. Sure. And then they can answer that question directly. Mm. And then in this adaptive process, they can predict the next question their reader is likely to ask. And they can answer that one directly. So this is the way that we train people to um, remain reader focused all the way through whatever it is they're writing. Mm. This is the way that we train people to save their time and the reader's time. Mm. It's the way that we can make their writing far more concise. You know, because if you begin with background, you're just going to write everything you know on the topic. Yep. Just in case the reader might need it later. Right. And that's a very localised habit, deeply embedded in the culture. Yep. But if we train people to develop the mindset where they begin with the part which is more strategic um, and then they follow with the uh, supporting details... Those are the direct answers to the questions that the reader is likely to ask. Mm -hmm. Then they will cut down the amount of time they spend on writing by at least half. Mm. And they'll cut down the volume of the writing by at least half. Could you give us an example? What, what do you mm. mean by a strategic point mm. uh, versus maybe a background point? Okay. Well, um, very often we write emails to ask someone to do something. Mm -hmm. So people have the habit now of writing as they're thinking. So they might begin the email with some of the facts that are, that are on the, in their mind at the moment. They might des describe a current problem, for example. Um, they are processing those facts as they are writing. They're, they're, they're seeing the links between the facts. They're building a case. They build the case towards a conclusion. And then once they've come to that conclusion, they realize what it is they need to ask their reader to do. Mm. So, of course, we need to go through that process, but we don't need to write down that whole process, that analysis for our readers. A good writer will go through that process. They can write it out if they want to. But at the end of it, they will recognize what it is they want their readers to do. They will bring that right up to the beginning and then they will answer their readers likely question about that right. point. So an example of purely descriptive will be a description of the problem. Um, it might be a narrative, you know, a historical account of um, what's been going on in a company. Uh, an example of a strategic part would be the request, the recommendation, mm. the suggestion, the reader's intention. Mm. It will be the part which has in it uh, explicit or implied, it will be the part which has in it the action. Okay, so a big part of our programs is is trying to develop the mindset where people see first what the action is, mm -hmm. and then they have the courage um, to to put that at the beginning.
you know, I, I understand that most of your courses are face-to-face with your participants. Yeah, they're, they're blended. So, and a big part of each program is a face-to-face workshop. Yeah. Right. With what is going on in the world with the coronavirus, mm. what are you doing to make it you know, different and mm. attractive for your participants? Well, um, I think like a lot of training providers, anybody who does face-to-face delivery, um, the the virus was 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 bad news and in hong kong we've already had the protests so our business was was quite badly affected by that as well um but what i saw as soon as this broke um as soon as i got the postponements and the cancellations coming in um i realized that i had to look at a way of delivering virtual programs um these are programs that people can do from their desks or or from their homes mm-hmm. and then i had to think about well how can i how can I replicate what we do in the classroom virtually? So um, I went to a lot of my associates, a lot of people that work in schools and universities. Um, Of course, they've had to change very quickly, but with the support of their own um, IT people, I had to go to those and I asked them what they were doing, what works well. And um, through that research and lots of online reading, um, I identified tools that I can use pretty much to replicate everything that I would do in the classroom. So um, we're talking about um, activities that people can collaborate on in real time, using Zoom to get the relationship with the readers, uh, with the participants, and so that they can see each other and, and talk to each other through video. Um, Google Classrooms holds a lot of activities that are dynamic that people can collaborate on and I can see them collaborating in mm. real time and mm. I can jump into breakout out rooms. And so um, it, it is possible, but I realise I've, I've long believed that even if you do a face-to-face element, um, it's not enough. When we are trying to change habits, we need to make that face-to-face element just part of a much longer program which blends that face-to-face all the virtual learning element with pre-session tasks post-session coaching we we have to transfer what they've learned in the classroom into the workplace sure so right from the beginning even before i started my own company and i worked for a university here right from the beginning we blended workshop training with coaching Right. So to make sure that people kind of carry on applying what they learn into their workplace. Yeah, it's a big Um, part of the psychology of learning, right? I mean, research shows literally as soon as you walk through a doorway, 30% of the stuff blows away on the wind. So um, we have to find a way of transferring the skills from the classroom environment into the workplace environment. And we do that by coaching people on their actual workplace writing. Coaching bit. Mm. Uh, how long do you 
do that for. Mm. It's um, um, eight weeks, 12 weeks, something like that. Right. Depends on where, how much of the workshop component that they've had. Right. Um, the, the point is that we're trying to change mindset and we're trying to develop new habits. So doing a one-day, even a two-day workshop, you're not going to be able to achieve that. Mm. You can expose people to new ways, but how can you be sure that they're actually developing the new habit? Mm. So we have to stay with them. We have to measure the application of skills throughout that process, um, partly because it motivates the learner, but also because the learning and development team expect to see some measurement. Sure. Um, and that's the great thing about training people in writing skills, mm. is that it's very easy to measure. Yeah. I mean, again, looking at your website, mm. I saw a lot of testimonials. Mm. Definitely mm. The, the way you're teaching <clears throat> is is giving a lot of people a new way of communicating, a new way of writing. Mm. Um, but there are definitely still uh, different types of obstacles that you, mm. you, you have encountered uh, on the way of how people can actually write effectively here, maybe in Asia. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I get comments sometimes from participants that they love this way of writing. They can see that they can be much more authentic when they use this style. Um, they can get better relationships. They can save time. Um, they're aware of all of the benefits, but they say, well, my my line manager does not write that way. Yep. My line manager writes in a very formal, indirect, old-fashioned writing style. Uh, my line manager thinks like that, behaves like that, has that character. Um, who am I to change him? Sure. So um, my message to those people is to experiment little by little. Try things here and there. If they try something that the manager benefits from, then that line manager will slowly come round to... Um, support this this way of writing. He or she will see the benefits. Um, and what I've found is that when people do this, their line manager may not may not acknowledge it explicitly, but their line manager might actually start to adopt some of the techniques yes. that the participant is using. Certainly, the peers and the subordinates of the people that come on these programs start to adopt the techniques and you know we're very keen on on helping people recognize their own achievements so at the end of every program we develop a learning plan we give them independent learning strategies and we highlight the key indicators these are the things that they will look out for so that they recognize their own achievements mm. and one of those things is to to recognise when their readers start adopting the same skills that they're using. Mm. I mean, I, you were saying about you know, uh, changing the mindset mm. and, and the psychology of mm. motivation is also important. Yeah. We are trying to get people to learn something new, mm. Mm. Uh, maintaining that coaching element after the face-to-face the, mm. uh, -face training itself is also very important. Um, what else do you think we... we advice that you can give mm. to maybe people who have not uh, know about writing it properly mm. or wanting to know a bit more about your course itself uh, if mm. they are actually listening to this podcast at the moment uh, what can they do yeah. to kind of break those uh, conventions yes, or, yeah. or the kind of uh, culture they're in mm. Uh, mm. to perhaps 
improve the way they write at the moment. Yeah, um, I think everybody who believes in the modern, direct, simple, plain English writing style has a role. Um, they need to adopt a position of of ambassador or or champion, because this is a movement. It's a global movement. Mm. We all have to become part of it. Um, some people work in companies which are very traditional, yeah, very hard to change, um, but every little bit helps. Yes. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, they could try little things slowly to change the way that people feel about this uh, modern business writing style. But um, what I usually suggest to people, if they want to develop independent learning strategies, is to not to self-study as right. much, not to go to websites and learn from those websites what they're supposed to do. Um, it's not a bad thing, but it may be discouraging because we all know that if you read how to do something, doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do it or that you'll have the, the willingness to apply those mm. things straight away. So what I would suggest to people is that they invest time in evaluating everything that they receive they look for the good bits and the bad bits. Um, if they've been on a program, they have the tools to evaluate in, in depth. Um, but if they haven't been on a program, they will surely be aware of whether a, an email is good or not. And if they dig a bit deeper to figure out exactly why it works well, um, and if they do that time after time after time, they will develop a mindset that they will be absolutely familiar with what works well, they will be much more likely to do that in their own writing. And if they also collect good models, uh, build a bank of model emails or reports, um, then they will be equipped to sustain this change in the long term. And I think a very important part of independent learning is sharing. Mm what they've learned yes you know as soon as we share something it becomes a bigger part of who yeah. we are so i encourage people if they can build this bank of model text that they develop a network of people around them who would benefit from those um they don't just make them available to those people but every two weeks every three weeks they come together as a group of you know five or six people they review something that, that they, they can submit something that they've written recently sure they can pass it around mm. they can talk about how they can align better to the models so observing is one thing evaluating in more depth is even better um, collecting and building banks of model text is great but none of this will really take hold unless they share it mentoring um, helping other people. It just builds the, the the way that people feel about the writing skill. Um, activating relationships with line managers, with peers, asking for direct feedback on the writing itself, giving direct feedback on writing to other people, as I mentioned, the mentoring thing. Yeah. Um, talking about difficult writing tasks before they start writing and there's nothing wrong with going to the potent the, the ultimate reader of that piece of writing and asking them what they want from it um so in summary it's about observing evaluating sharing um asking for support giving support helping others mm -hmm.
for the listeners listening to this podcast at the moment, you know, as an individual, um, how will you tell them that you know effective writing is important? Mm. Uh, mm. What what would be your advice to them? Well, Why is it important to them? Uh, they 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 may not see the benefits of investing lots of time into developing their writing skills if they look at it just as the expression of an idea in words and grammar. That is a part of the writing skill, of course. Um, the writing skill is also achieving things at work, developing relationships with readers. Mm. It's, it's also about recognizing how to influence people. So if they see the writing skill as much more strategic, um, much much more of a tool to build their profile at work, um, to achieve promotion, to get better relationships, to make their life easier, then they will be much more inclined to absorb the ideas that we're sharing with them and then ultimately to share those ideas with the people around them. Yes, as, as, as you are more clear in the way you convey your message, mm. you will be able to engage with more people, uh, getting your ideas across. And mm. you know, that would definitely help in the way you, you work, your productivity. and, and Life is better. Life yeah, is life so is much better, better if, you can, if you can live authentically. Yes. In, in, in every way. And writing yeah. is just part of that. Yeah. And considering, you know, research shows that people spend uh, th- a third of their time a week writing and reading emails. Mm. If we could... Uh, live more authentically in that part of our workspace, then life is, it just feels so much better. Mm. Um, and if and if you can adopt new skills, you thoroughly believe in them, um, they become a part of your personality, your, your character, mm. your persona at work. Sure. Then um, we just feel much better about ourselves. Mm. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, not only just for the individuals, but also for organization to have mm. employees who are mm. good at writing, yeah. uh, communication, and so forth. And I think, as, as you, you were sharing with me earlier on, you know, that also impact on how maybe an organization mm. function. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, there's also research that shows that, um, you know, a company can generate 47% higher mm. return um, with better writing mm. skills. Uh, we see that um, if 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 our relationships with our clients are mainly through writing, um, we can develop uh, not 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 only a, a broader client base, but much deeper relationships uh, with clients. One study shows that better email marketing um, increases return on investment by three thousand eight hundred percent. Wow. Mm. Um, and and as far as leadership is concerned, you know sure. we we promote writing skills or what we do as as a leadership skill because we know that um, vague writing dilutes leadership. Mm. People people are not clear about what they're supposed to do. They're, they're disengaged. Uh, people like to know what they're supposed to do with the information that you send to them. Um, so good writing uh, has been shown to. Um, retain staff mm. 50% more than than bad writing productivity goes up by 21% uh, with good writing so you know we we could say that it makes you feel better but if a company wants to invest they need to know the bottom line sure and there is so much evidence to show that good writing mm. um, is good for a company's bottom line 
Good. Well, that's a lot of information for, mm. for the listeners and also to myself. I mean, mm. I, I, now I have to be very mindful of the way I write in my mm. emails because I know, one of the things that you described is I'm the kind of person who like to write my processes on an yeah. email yeah. and then I edit as I, 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 I go along. Yes. Uh, and then definitely mm. I pick up some uh, tips and also uh, be mindful of how mm. I write. Thank you very much, Simon, for spending Pleasure. time talking to us today. Yes, really enjoyed the chat. Thanks. And of course, uh, we will be putting your contacts in the show notes. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to uh, answer individual questions. Um, I enjoy that kind of interaction with, with people. Each, each question might challenge me a little bit, and, but I, I really enjoy the challenge. So do, do send in your questions. Good. Thank, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. You have been listening to Psych Chat. This podcast is brought to you by OmniSight Consulting. We are a team of psychologists with a wealth of experience in working with individuals, teams and organisations in the areas of coaching, executive selection, assessment and development, career transitioning and workplace intervention. OmniSight Consulting exists to solve the critical issues facing our clients both large and small. Our approach is to tailor-make each service to meet the requirements of our clients. Our broad range of services and solutions help individuals and organizations to facilitate change, achieve their vision, and optimize performance and productivity. For more information about our services, do check us out at www.omnisci.com.